Hi, and welcome to Living Your Soul's Journey. You are not just a person. You're a soul with a path of evolution. There is a bigger picture here, a reason for what happens to us. When we discover this deeper meaning, we receive freedom and abundance. Each week, we will be discussing matters relating to the soul, spirit, and cosmic energies. Learning how to incorporate all of these aspects into living an abundant and happy life. Isn't that what we all want? Dr. Vicki's transformational program uses intuitive and well-proven methods to identify the root cause of what is preventing success to help bring positive change, the change your soul is crying out for you to experience. If you're lonely, sad, and stuck, then listen into the show and find out ways to become free and happy. It's easy to call into the show or simply listen. Either way, sit back, relax, and enjoy living your soul's journey. Welcome to Living Your Soul's Journey. My special guest this evening is Robert Tum, and we are going to be discussing channeling. Robert is the founder of Spiritual Energy Dynamics, and if you've been listening to the show for several years, Robert has been a my guest several times, and his soul's journey is helping others become more empowered by introducing them to his advanced spiritual energy management system. Starting with the basics of spiritual hygiene and also understanding energy. Robert also has 30 plus years, and he's, he's only 28, but he's got 30 plus years of experience in channeling and lots of energy work. So welcome, Robert. Thank you, Vicki. I appreciate that wonderful introduction. And, yeah, uh, I, I heard you had your 30th, um, 30th birthday the other day, and I'm like, you've been channeling all your life, so that's I pretty have. awesome. <laughs> well, listen, we have so much to talk about, and I've shared with several people about what we're going to be talking about tonight, and, and there have been a lot of questions about it. So I'm going to just ask you, well, first off, Robert, I have I did my own research on what the most common definition of channeling is. So I really want you to offer to everyone your definition of channeling. Vicki, to me, channeling is just uh, connecting to uh, spirit. And there's various levels of spirit, various, uh, you know, beings and entities and masters and spirits that we can connect to. But it is connecting to spirit and having them use us or use the individual that is a channel as a, a communications link for interaction and, uh, and, you know, answering questions that, you know, that kind of thing, giving us information. Okay. One of the, one of the, um, definitions that a lot of people understand, because that's, what's all over, uh, when you look up, the word channeling from Google or, you know, people don't use dictionaries anymore, but it talks about a body, a person's body being taken over by a spirit for the purpose of communication. And I want to kind of clear that up a little bit. Um, see if that's your definition. Well, Vicki, what I really believe is that 
oftentimes those of those people, you know, those of us that feel like we're connected to source, to higher levels, to the masters and angels, I think oftentimes we're channeling even in a conscious mode uh, when we're having a dialogue or a discussion as we're inspired sometimes through the uh, through our connections and sometimes things are said or we feel like we're saying things that may not be totally truly us. It's like uh, a- after, a, after a discussion or after teaching a class sometimes, you know, I feel like, wow, that, that sounded really good. wonder where it came from, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I don't consider myself a channel, but I think all of us do some channeling at times when we're connected at an optimum level. That's what I wanted to mention because I don't want folks listening to think that you have to be a psychic medium or some specially whatever term you want to use. I can be driving in the car. I, my daughter can be, uh, something that's coming in that I, you know, we might be walking or something. So I want people to realize that it isn't just that definition that is what a channeler is. I mean, I even hear people talking about it Robert, when someone's doing an acting role, they'll say, oh, I channeled in whoever they're, they're playing. Right. They channeled it in. And these are obviously people that understand channeling, but they actually channeled in information. So just, I just kind of wanted your viewpoint on that because so many people think that it just has to be a certain way. Right. So, no, there, there's various forms and, you know, there's there's mediumship, there's chant, trance channeling, there there's conscious channeling, there's just tuning in. And, uh, you know, being, sometimes it's it's not not a voice or a it's sometimes just an, an, an intuitive sense that you're getting information. So there's so many forms of it. When I first began listening to channels, it was quite some time ago, Robert. And I remember uh, someone very close to me saying, I I don't necessarily believe what they're saying. And this person was very, very in tune, very aware, and actually very young. So they were, you know, they didn't have any, anything but just an openness about what they were feeling. And I wondered how that person knew that because they said, this isn't true. This data that's coming in is not true. And I, I'd like your uh, observation because I've heard, I have actually heard channels. It took them about 10 to 15 minutes to get into channel. They were, they, you couldn't talk at all while they were in channel. And I just want to talk about a little bit about that because I know that, it, how do you know that that person is saying What's accurate? Well, Vicki, like you know, I, I teach a system that goes in and validates, and it's a whole methodology of going in and validating uh, connections and channel of, of anybody, not just a channeler, but any person, you, me, anybody that's on the street, anybody that's wants their spiritual connections analyzed, that can be analyzed. So in my opinion, Vicki, only about 15% of all channeling around the planet are are pure enough to be considered really totally pure and reliable. There's there's various, various, uh, many different things, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. that can cause a deviation or 
deception or misinformation to come through. And oftentimes it's, it's partly a mix of the channel's personality. It may be a mix of the authentic source of whoever is supposed to be channeling mixed with that person's personality that comes in. And if you listen close enough and really objectively listen to the message and trust your instincts of how it feels, oftentimes you can tell just by that methodology. Now, if someone were channeling, and I don't know, I'm going to kind of let you take the lead on this. If someone were channeling and the information was accurate at the beginning, but let's just say, because you're, you are working uh, in an area that if someone is not real trained and understand in the energies, that some other entities can come in. I mean, help us to understand that well, Vicky, concept. To, to, yeah, to start with, when I'm, what I've learned over the years and have uh, actually some of the information that we've learned has come through some very high-level channel sources where we've learned to validate and develop a very clean room, uh, sparkling, crystal clear environment for channeling, okay? So okay. not only is this space clear with extra protections around it, but the individual doing the channeling and anybody attending has, has the energies checked to make sure their energies are clear. So this is, this is a prime, we don't do any kind of channeling without achieving certain 99.9% clear connection, clear environment conditions, okay? That's where we start. So what happens in, in places where that is not the norm, which is most of the channeling out there, uh, it, uh, anything else that's floating around the room that's not connected to the light uh, in the form of an ascended master or an angel, uh, archangel, that sort of thing, they can, uh, they can kind of be elbowed aside and something else comes in. I mean, this is what happened. It's like having a bad cell phone signal, uh, you know, where it can be distorted or uh, misinformation. The, 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 the information can get, uh, you know, disrupted. Some, some other source can take over that channel's uh, connection. That makes How, sense. Yeah, of course it does. How does someone listening, I have a couple of questions on that. First off, channeling is a powerful source to communicate with those that have crossed over, and it's a very powerful source of information. So let's say, and I'm not using um, any names or anything like that because there's some wonderful, wonderful channels out in our world today. How would someone, let's just say that you go to and I know there are a lot of channels where you live because I've been to several, uh, used to visit up there. And people would come in and they would be channeling um, maybe a spirit guide or someone that they used to know or somebody that everyone knew a lot. And you would it would take them about, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes to get into channel. And then they would talk and then people would ask them questions. And you could see, I, I just, I had some curiosity about that. How does someone, let's just say they're in your neck of the woods and they want to go visit a channeler. How would that person know how to discern? I think it's a great word. You, you and I were talking about that. Discern whether this information is accurate. 
Well, one, you, you know, sometimes when we, I remember some of the first channels I was, I was around, I had no idea about discernment. Uh, and I was so excited about going to a channel. I got the information, sat through the, the channeling, got the information, recorded it, even transcribed it. And the excitement of like, okay, this is channeled information. It just absolutely has to be true. And I had no idea you know, any different at that time. So, uh, you know, and as I look back at some of those early channelings that I attended, yeah, there was some really good stuff in there, but there was other stuff that I really didn't have any information or knowledge of, you know, how to, how to discern at that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and there's some excitement there. I mean, it's really can be fun to be in that situation where you're getting information. And sometimes you hear things that, that you, you know, just absolutely want to believe it's true. And oftentimes with channeling, especially where there's channeling that is not totally accurate, uh, the deception part of it is that enough positive information is delivered that the the not so accurate or deceptive information can be snuck in. Okay. Okay. But but to to really validate channeling, you have to kind of learn a system of how to validate your own energies, how to check your own energies, how to check the environment, which are the things that we teach in our classes, right? Right. And, and, but I can tell you what I trust as far as a channeling for the last 20 years that, that we've operated this system is that it has to have two people at minimum. It has to be the channel and somebody that's qualified to monitor the environment monitor the channel to make sure that the energy stay clear throughout the entire channeling process, not just at the beginning, but when I'm monitoring a channel that is, is delivering a message, I'm checking every couple minutes to make sure the protections are holding and that something else or another entity or some other source has not interfered with it. So the reliability stays consistent throughout the whole duration of the channeling. Now that brings up, a question because of, of the many, many times that I have been to channeling, there was several times, Robert, where I went in very happy. Okay. I was very, very happy when I started the experience. And then about midway, I became very frustrated, very upset and very just like, I want to get out of here. If someone were to feel that way, because I know if I felt that way, I know other people probably have too. Yeah. What would you, what would you say was going on at that point if well, if someone felt that way? Yeah, I would say that something has happened to compromise the energies and compromise the connection, right? And it, it you know though you've got to trust those instincts. If something is not right, if it doesn't feel right or doesn't sound right, you know you you have to trust your instincts on that. You know, and that's that way you don't get taken down a garden path with some misinformation. Right. Because, you know, when you've been you're in a channel and it is exciting. I love I love to go to channels, um, channelers. But at the same time, you're not supposed to walk out either. So you're supposed to be very, very quiet. And that way, if something's bothering you, then that's a, a real good reason to learn spiritual energy dynamics so that you can put your protections up. Now, that's my, my um, teaching for the evening. <laughs> but yeah. it would be a time where you would have to say, oops, I got to do some work on myself first. Correct? Oh, absolutely. If, you, if your energies are not 
clear. I mean, you can't, you, you know, it, the first thing I do, Vicki, before I do any work on anybody or check anybody else, put up protections is I, I make sure my energies are clear. And like, you know, with my system, there's many, many, there, there's dozens and dozens of things that can get into a field that can, can cause it to be, the, the connections to be marginal, to have blocks, that sort of thing. So unless my energy field is clear, my, I can't even depend on my own connection. You know, I can't depend on the reliability of my measurements until I make sure that I am clear. Then I have the capabilities at that point to do what I need to do to monitor and protect and clear things on somebody else or on a property or a place, a location of a channeling and that sort of thing. Right. Now, I'm, I'm being asked to, to bring this subject up is that a lot of people consider the, we, the Ouija board kind of channeling. I don't necessarily, but I, I have a completely not a real good viewpoint of that. And I just want to kind of get that out of the way in case somebody's, somebody's asking that because I want to clear that up right now on oh, that aspect. Yeah, that's a good question, Vicki. Anything can be a, a source. It's not the Ouija board itself. That, right. You know, it's the environment and who's, who's actually using it. But here's, here's the difference, okay? The, we, we, you've heard me talk about the astral realm. The astral realm is our lower planes of vibration. It's, the, it's basically parallel with our personality. It's the first, what I call the first four planes of existence of vibration. That's where all the deception comes from. That's kind of the spirit world of a mixed bag of dark aspects, uh, entities that are not ascended, not connected to the light, and you can name, you know, different types of them. But these are, are deceptive lower-level entities that don't have any rules to necessarily go by, okay? And so for the next aspect we look at is the soul, the higher vibrational connections, and that's where our ascended masters and angels reside, okay? And so the, the ascended masters and angels are not going to communicate to us, to us through things like a Ouija board or something like that. They're going to have a, a much more uh, clear way of communicating with us, right? Right. Uh, the Ouija board is typically connected to that astral realm where there's deceptive entities. And they can come in and they can give misinformation. They can claim to be whatever they want to claim because they're not they're, they're, they're in a, a darker, lower vibrational area that the rules just don't apply to them. They do whatever they want. So it sounds like when you want to go to a channeler, it's important to look at what their life is like. So, for instance, um, um, someone says they're going to channel and they have this gift, but yet during the week they're drinking a lot or doing, I don't know, something else. It's just their, their life is not the most ethical situation, but they do have this gift that they can channel. That might be a, something to look at, correct? Well, it's true. And, and Vicki, there's a, there's a lot of individuals that have some ability to connect. This, this is more in the realms of the mediumship where they're connecting more with the spirit, spirit guides, and the whole spirit realm. They're not connecting with ascended masters and angels and the archangels and that. They're, that's just that's not their realm of expertise or where they connect with. Okay, mm -hmm. it takes a okay. takes a more 
it takes a higher vibrational connection than what mediumship typically connects with. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so when you go to a channel, and I'm doing this as a gift uh, from you to, to all the, the folks that are listening, you want to make sure that they've been working on themselves energetically. They're doing some sort of energy program or they're doing something to make their life, their, their consciousness is higher than say, maybe, uh, uh just someone, I, I, I help me out here. So that well, I don't, you're right. I mean, but I, you, you just, that's again, where, you know, if you have not learned a system of discernment where you can actually measure the levels of connections, how pure the connection is, that sort of thing. Like, you know, Vicki, I use a percentage scale and I can go in and tell exactly how connected anybody is to their soul, how pure their energies are, what may be interfering, that sort of thing. So there's got to be methods for doing discernment, whether you may use a pendulum to validate or just trusting your instincts or look at the reputation of somebody. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Years mm -hmm. ago, when I was first starting to do this work, I, I met a gentleman who was claiming to channel Archangel Michael, right? And okay. this guy was all over the map with I this and I that, big ego. Everything was about him and all the people he's healed and the hundreds of people that come to his channelings. And it just it just set off. And something was not right, you know, this the, the, the ego and, and all that was just sending off all kinds of warning bells that something was not right about this. Well, I, I checked his energies, did a whole evaluation on him, and he was his connection to his soul was very, very weak. He was not even anywhere near connecting to the vibrational level that Archangel Michael would check would uh, channel from. Mm -hmm. So anything that he was channeling with just pure uh you know, misinformation. It was coming from a dark source. He was, you know, he really believed he was channeling Archangel Michael, but it was an astral source that was just all deception. And I, at some point, uh, a few months later, I met some people that had been to his channelings and he said, yeah, it's all kind of a hellfire and brimstone, you know, reprimanding people, calling them out, just really kind of harsh. And people would come out of those channelings kind of rocked, you know, but it was just a, one of the early validations of a, you know, of a case study that I had of actually checking somebody that um, was absolutely claiming something, claiming a high channeling connection when it wasn't true at all. That brings up the question, one of the questions I wanted to ask you that when someone is channeling whomever, let's just say that they're channeling a very high consciousness, uh, high leveled archangel, Raphael, Michael, whomever. Michael, I know, is one that's typically channeled a lot. Would there be negative data coming from that? And that you just brought that up. So what if that started well, bringing... Go ahead. No, yeah, and that wouldn't happen if they had a pure channel and protections yeah. were in place, okay? Yeah. Vicky, but here's one of the things that happens with most channeling out there, especially those that are claiming or are channeling archangels, for example, or some very high-level masters, most channels don't have, they're not connected to those vibrations uh, quite, they're not at those levels where Archangel Michael or some of the high-level masters reside, okay? So this means mm -hmm. that even though their connections may be pretty clear, the 
entity or the master or the archangel that's coming in has to detune their energies, come down a little bit to have a matching frequency so the energy can be clear enough for the channeling to take place. And mm-hmm. even though that can be a very effective channeling, there is some information that may be lost in the fact that uh, the the archangel or the master has to come down to a, a different level and they're channeling at the level of that person that's doing the channeling. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, it really does. And I feel very inclined to ask you about pet channeling. Because I know with, with um, let's just say that you love your pet just with all your heart. And you can't bring your pet back right now for some reason. I mean, let's just say you have four or five pets that you love, but you can't have four or five dogs and you, you love their, their energies and their souls. You can, you can channel a pet, correct? I, I think you can certainly communicate with that pet and the pet's soul. You know, mm-hmm. remember a lot of times when we're connecting with somebody like that, the actual connection is with the soul of that entity or that person or that animal. So, yes, it's it's very, very much possible for if, if a person's connected as a, as a channel to tune in to the soul of that animal or that person and have a an exchange of information. Mm-hmm. And if you see what I love about talking about this is that I, I really want to share it with people because I I've been doing this for a long, long time where I would tune in to pets, Robert, and they would just kind of come in and, and leave and come in and leave. And, uh, it was just a phenomena because I just want to validate folks out there that can do that so that they feel a connection with a loved one that's crossed over. And that, I, when I say loved one, I include pets And yeah. And so that they feel like when that entity that they knew as mother, dog, pet, uh, sister, brother, friend, that they all of a sudden hear them, feel them, sense them. From my viewpoint, that's a form of channeling that you can do. And it makes you feel connected to those on the other side. So the loss of not having their physical body comes in. Would you like to talk about that? Well, again, yeah, I think that's absolutely accurate, Vicki, for those that have a, a clear connection, a pure connection to their soul, and whoever they're trying to communicate with has a connection to the soul, and the information can be very, very, very pure and very accurate. I mean, one of the, the real secrets to this, Vicki, is that connection to the soul. When, when people are really... Um, messed up either emotionally, mentally, on some kind of drugs or alcohol, their connection to the soul gets shut down. It's, it's by design that this happens, okay? If somebody is angry, if somebody is, you know, for whatever uh, reason they have disconnected their soul, which many people walking around like that, many people claiming to be spiritual mediums and channels. Well, if they're not connected to their soul, their information is not coming from a soul source, okay? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, yes. And so if it's an animal, if it's a person that's transitioned, or even, you know, even some, someone that's alive, if you're trying to communicate with them, if it's through a soul-to-soul connection in the spirit form, then the reliability and the accuracy can be very, very pure, and you can depend on it. 
How would someone know whether they were connected to their soul or their soul? I mean, uh, I understand. Uh, let's see how I can ask it where it makes sense. If you are spiritual or you believe that you're spiritual, how would you be able to know? Ah, I'm connecting with the real person or I'm connecting because I am at a soul level. How would that person know that? Well, it's very, very difficult in, in a sense without having some techniques. You know, I, I, I teach techniques and how to measure. It, it is a form of dowsing that I use where you're able to measure uh, on a percentage scale or even yes or no that says what, you know, you've got to answer really, really clear ask really clear questions. So one of the clearest questions is 100% mean that I'm totally connected to my soul. Where am I? 80%? Well, that's a pretty good connection. If it's 30%, 20% or something like that, it just means that there's some contamination, some interference, chakra blockages or something attached that is diminishing that soul connection. Mm-hmm. And some type of clearing process is needed to get that connection reinvigorated to, to open it back up. And it, it, the real important thing to understand here is very dynamic. I mean, we can have a very beautiful soul connection, but we go through, we get angry about something or we go have a few drinks, smoke some pot or do something, you know, take some Benadryl for a sinus problem. All those things can degrade our energies temporarily while we're, we're under the influence of it. Afterwards, we clear our energies, we can open them back up, and then our connection should be reestablished unless something has gotten in that takes, you know, more qualifications to get them clear. The spiritual energy dynamics. Now, I'm a student of that myself. Is that something that would assist someone in their channeling experiences that would help them to be able to trust and discern their own channeling? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the first thing we teach in our early classes, it's all about self-management of energies, how to how to figure out where your energies are in the scheme of what is the configuration, what is the mapping that we do of an energy field, and how do our energies overlay into that. So how pure are our connections, what can be blocking, how do you put up good protections, how do you uh, identify things that may be blocking, and basic techniques for clearing it. So that's the type of thing we run a three-day class for on teaching people those there is advanced stuff already, but it's a basic introduction to some of the advanced methodology of managing one's own energy field, which is designed to help empower people where they can depend on their own measurements and intuitive self to, you know, to, to discern on anything, not just channeling, but anything, anything that you're involved with in day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a very powerful program because, in my existence on this planet as, as Vicky, if I wasn't able to connect up to the other realm, I would feel lost and lonely. I, I would feel like I was abandoned on this earth if I, didn't, if I wasn't able to connect. I, I don't know how other people f- feel, but that's what keeps me alive and, and full of energy and hope and faith and trust because that connection, and I, I really want to share that because call it a channel, I suppose. It, it is a channel that, that you have. And, and like if someone, let's just say someone lived, I know you're on the East Coast, 
if someone lived out in Texas or Minnesota or someplace like that, how in the world, if they wanted to work with you, however, how would they do that? Well, that's a good question, Vicki. I mean, nine, 98% or so of my, the people I work with, it is remote where I tune into them all over the globe, wherever they are. And typically I, I can tune into a voice or tune into the individual, typically, you know, just by hearing their voice, a connection with a, a photograph helps me lock into it. But it's actually easier for me to do that remote work when I'm not necessarily in the environment of the energies that I'm looking at or have to clear because it's really not me doing the work. It's my connection with the angels and the masters. They're, they're the ones that are doing the work. I'm just collaborating with them to be their eyes and ears and point them in the direction that uh, we're responsible to do. That's our role. Okay. So I, I want to throw this out because obviously I have had situations in my past. Um, if, if someone that I was going to train with was on the sidelines smoking pot or doing some sort of mushroom stuff or something like that, and then they would come in every day and teach this kind of thing, that would be something that you would want to evaluate, correct? As maybe, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. You, can, you cannot do any kind of substance and connect to the higher spiritual realm. And ayahuasca is a good example of that. This all takes you. What's into, that? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did you just say? <laughs> I said ayahuasca. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the famous Peruvian shaman. Oh, oh, oh yes, you know, that's, that's, that's what you know, I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. You know, I'm not making, I, you know, I'm not... Uh, belittling the uh, the experience that, that mm -hmm. anybody gets from that. Mm -hmm. the, the, what I am, am saying with uh, absolute certainty, though, with substance like that influencing you, you're not connecting to your soul. You're connecting to other realms within the astral, other dimensions, other things that you may get some information from, but it's not a high vibrational ascended level that you absolutely can you know, where you want to get your higher spiritual information. Okay, good. You know, you well, may be able to find yeah. out something about Uncle Ralph, who was a boat builder and, and that sort of stuff, and, and get that kind of information. But it's not going to be something that's influential as far as spiritual growth and that sort of thing, you know. Well, it was interesting because, and I just, I these things are just popping in my mind when I ask you this, but I was... I was working on something while well, I wasn't working on it, but I was involved with it. And I was going back and, and back into, wow, um, the battle of Lake Erie for heaven's sake, which was back in 1812. And I was reading, um, a little bit about it and, um, assisting someone on a project they were working on. And I was like, it was amazing to be back there and see what they were going through. And just, it was a phenomena that I had not experienced for a while. And when I got into that, I had a hard time getting away from it because it was right. so enchanting. It was, it was not enchanting in the sense of the struggles they went through, but I was enchanted by their courage, by their wisdom, by their fortitude, by their ability to make all of this happen. And by in today's world, uh, it's nothing, you know, that's just an easy thing to do. But back then, so I, I just feel like channeling is such a powerful part of our lives that I, I encourage people to, to contact you uh, to, to find out about it because see, I've done a lot of energy work, uh, Robert, 
That's why I have you on the show so much. I've done a lot of energy work before I found you, but nothing was resolving. Right. Well, Vicki, I think I encourage people to go Go explore, you know, mm-hmm. go, go to some mediums, go try different things, mm-hmm. but do it with a healthy skepticism and go, hmm, they're, they're in, in, you know, anywhere. You can read a book, right? And you may find one paragraph in that book that's valid for you, that rings of truth, and you, you, yeah. you know, it made it worthwhile to read the book. Yeah. You know, the way you learn is is by going out and experimenting, look, looking, you know, maybe checking with some mediums. Uh, doing a little bit of research on, on your own, but do it objectively where does this make sense? Does it sound rational and reliable? I mean, one of the things that happens with a lot of uh, channelers and mediums out there, you go out there and it's, you end up getting some information that you were somebody famous, King, King Henry VIII, Joan of Arc, and that. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many people have come to me that said, oh, yeah, this medium told me that I was this famous person. In in all our studies of channeling and, and the information we've collected on past lives, seldom has anybody been anybody famous, oh, at least wow. not in terms of history, right? Right. But there's a lot of the, the valid information comes from stories of, like, what, what kind of information can – kind of give you a hint of what is your lineage as far as past life experiences, karma, lessons that are be, to be learned. You have a you have an addiction in this lifetime, maybe smoking, perhaps it goes back 20 lifetimes and a couple thousand years ago to a point where you started smoking something that uh, we wouldn't recognize as a cigarette now. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of different things that we can go back if you have a reliable way of getting that information, whether it's through clairvoyant vision or clairaudient or through mediumship or channeling, you can get some really valid information that helps you heal uh, things going, you know, currently and going forward to help you resolve things, things that may come up in your mind. Some of the, the, the fears that you might have can be if it's a reliable source, but this is where you've got to discern and find out which fact or fiction. Just because it sounds good and sounds like, oh, my gosh, I was so-and-so in this past life and a famous person, that just doesn't add up. Typically, mm-hmm. it's more events where there's been some kind of trauma, uh, some kind of event where there was some sadness or uh, that really can teach you the most about maybe things you're experiencing in this lifetime. So when you're listening to, I really want to get into the discernment because I really want people to to understand because channeling is fabulous and and I I want to encourage people to go to channelers, but with that discernment. So when you go to a channeler and you feel inspired and your energy, it's not that you want to go out there and, you know, solve the world, but when your energy still feels your energy, not the channelers now, but your energy still feels good and you feel happy at the end of it. Would you say that would be a good channel? Well, that's, that's a really good sign that the, the accuracy is probably, you know, pretty fair at least, you know, that there's mm-hmm. some information that was valid and you come away, you know, feeling pretty good about it. But usually, you know, when you go to a medium or a channel, you're, you're recording it. And the, the thing to do is take some time after you've gotten over. It's kind of a high sometimes when you come away from an experience like that is to analyze it point by point, paragraph by paragraph, and just go, okay, does this really resonate with truth? Does it make sense? And, you know, give it that common sense factor to see if it's something that is applicable 
And, and you know, if you're when you're in the presence of a channel or, or a medium or something like that, you can sometimes tell whether it's some authentic information or if it's personality coming through. Because it's not unusual for a channel, if there's a little gap in the communication or if there's something that's not clear, they may fill that with information based on their own personal experience. You know, that's not something that they may do, be doing intentionally. It's something going on at a subconscious level. So, in other words, that particular channel might not want that gap there because it looks like they're out of channel or something? Right, there's a pause yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It's not unusual yeah. for the channelings that I've been around, you know, as there to be a pause. Because, if you know, especially if there's a question and answer type of channeling where you can ask a question and then the information comes in but there can be a pause as the 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 channel the 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 being that's channeling is maybe doing a little bit of research or reconnecting or uh trying to get some additional information and so there can be a pause sometimes a few seconds sometimes even a few minutes and one of the 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 flaws that can happen in a channeling is that the channel becomes a little uncomfortable with that pause and starts doing a little filling with things that they they feel like would be you know something that needs to be said okay what about a voice the change of voice Ooh, <laughs> talk to us about that <laughs> that's a that's a good one i in the in, <laughs> in the in the years i've been around channels and i i've probably you know uh with the channel i was around for a lot of years she would uh not there wasn't an exclusive master that we that which she would channel it could be one time it'd be mother mary next time uh jesus sometimes you know masters that we didn't even necessarily were familiar with before the channeling some names that would come in and introduce but almost every time there would be a change in the voice if it was a masculine entity um you know, uh, a master from a, a masculine background, it would be a male sounding voice. Uh, there'd be, you know, Mother Mary, when she channeled us, you would feel her energies before the channeling ever started. Ever started. would be tender, soft. Her messages were always soft and loving. Um, but there was, you, know, you could feel that, not just the voice, but the whole energies changed. Like each one had their own personality, their own demeanor. And you could feel that coming through the channel. You could feel it in the room, actually. What if what if um, there is a person, let's just say there are places, that uh, make money off of, wow, how am I going to say this? It, it's, it's very interesting because I see a lot around the country. They channel entities that had used to live there or, or, or are part of that. And I question that because... That doesn't allow that person, uh, let me, that entity, that spiritual person that's that's crossed over, to move on out of that level of consciousness because they're always channeling that person uh, or ghost. Um, they're always channeling the same ghost year after year after year after year, and they take people on tours and and then they charge you know fifty dollars for the channeling, and they're always channeling year after year the same person. I've always been rather discerning about that. Well, Vicky, you know, you and I have been around some situations where there there are organizations and individuals that 
actually don't recognize or believe in the ascended master or angelic realm per se they to them there's only you're either in the physical or you're in a astral ghost type state right okay and that can be perpetuated back and forth by both parties on either side the mm-hmm. you know the the entity or the the spirit on the other side is totally happy where they are and uh, choosing at some point probably to come back in another embodiment. But oftentimes it could be that deception factor too, where it's a lower level astral type entity, you know, sustaining this connection because that's, uh, you know, that's a, a source of their connection and their way of exchanging in- information. And, you know, some of it, most of that's not going to be very reliable. Mm-hmm. Okay, as far as especially yeah. spiritual growth is concerned, but mm-hmm. that that comes from that whole astral realm. That's not where people are supposed to go when they transition. They're supposed to mm-hmm. go to a special place that I call Pralaya that is in between embodiments where you go and get coached and work with masters and you work your way toward that preparation for that next level of embodiment and eventually ascension. With astral, you're trapped back and forth. You're communicating with that same environment that's really not a very high vibration. And the, the, the information, you know, some of it can still be valid, but it's just not as reliable if it's, as it's coming from a higher source. One aspect of channeling that I want to get back to a little bit is, is when you've crossed, when someone that you love has crossed over, and including a pet, and they have valuable information for you. I, I want to help people understand, and, and obviously they might need training to do this, but there's information that even pets, we can help the pets and our families to move on in better spaces too. And that can be a part of channeling, correct? Or am I just getting into something? No, that I, it can be. That's a form, more of a form of mediumship, which yeah. is a form of channeling. But Vicki, what we've done in, in the last... 15 or 20 years of doing this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always researching. I'm always researching to find ways of fine tuning and getting better at doing what we do. Right. And validating. But what what we do in those cases is we work and channel ascended masters and rely on them to communicate with those loved ones. Okay, Mm -hmm. so say my my grandmother passes and and she may still be in a state of transition where she's not fully transitioned to that Pralaya program, well, that's where I might rely on Ascended Master to come in and say, could you check on Grandma, see how she's doing, get that information, and it may be Grandma that will pass a message on to that uh, that master and say, yeah, tell, tell Robert that I'm doing well and whatever, you know. So it's mm-hmm. an indirect, but it's from a source that's that I rely on that I consider an ascended source. Okay. Okay. I just want people to know that, you know, when someone crosses over, they're not gone. No, they're not. They're they're not gone. They're just in a different, different energy. And it brings so much comfort to people and so much love and peace when they realize, wow, you know, Aunt Bertha or my little dog is maybe not with me where I can hug them, but um, yet they're, they're with us. And I just feel like that helps our humanity so much if we can, can do that. Uh, I want some, some information. I heard this little bird told me that y'all were going to New Jersey. Well, that's been postponed just a little bit. Oh, we're, we're okay. Didn't... Go this fall. It was okay. for, for 
or May, and it, just some schedule conflicts came up. But okay. We're, we're looking at uh, holding a class in the area around Chester, New Jersey, which is okay. about an hour out of New Jer- Newark. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about that a little closer to, to the time. And um, now, are there any aspects of channeling that we haven't uh, discussed that you would like to? Not really, Vicki. I, I think one of the things you brought up earlier is when, you know, you're out on a hike or something like that. Some of, you know, I, again, I don't consider myself a channel, but I know that some of the clearest information that I've received uh, over the years is when I'm maybe out on a bike ride or out on a hike and, uh, you know, out in, in a real peaceful situation and kind of in a real meditative state. And that's when the information will flow to me. I'll get, uh, sometimes I may hear some information, but sometimes it's just there. Answers to some of my questions are just there, which in itself is a form of, of channeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being, being in a, a clear, undisturbed, peaceful state and quiet is, is the best way for us to do any form of channeling. When my sister uh, crossed over back in 2002, Robert, and I share this because I share it with a lot of people that uh, believe that life is about judgment, I, she wasn't gone. I mean, well, I already knew when she was going to cross over because she had told me, but, and she was down to the hour on it. But as soon as she actually took her last breath and, and she came to me and she said, I wish I had known that there was no judgment on this side because I would have crossed over earlier. And I thought that was such a beautiful, now I'm not, I don't consider myself a channel, a channeler. I mean, but I, I had that channel with my sister and that was years ago. And all of a sudden I did what you had mentioned about asking, you know, to, to bring up the consciousness and all, mm-hmm. I won't get much into that, but all I can tell you is in the last month, she has been coming to even a family member of mine and myself far more with clear channel. And it has been so nice. Very short messages, very short, sweet, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, Vicky, and Vicky, you are a beautiful channel. You may not be a channeler, but you yeah. are a beautiful channel. But this is one of the cool things about what we are able to do. And I've done it with relatives. You and I have worked together with those that have transitioned. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things about being able to measure a person's energy configuration is we can do some alignments and do some clearing to help them prepare for that transition, to make it seamless, to make them really move up, sometimes go to a, a fairly higher level of consciousness than what they may have experienced in the physical realm. But uh, it's a it's a really interesting process of helping them connect with their soul, which is again the real key to everything. If a person yeah. that transition transitions is in connection with their soul in a in a pretty clear way, then the transition process is is much easier, seamless, and they go to the realm that they're supposed to go to. They don't get trapped in the astral realm. Mm. They don't get trapped in a ghost type form. They actually are, are, are seamlessly going to what I call the Perlea program. When someone wants to communicate with you as far as your website, uh, there are a couple of websites. Which one, what do you, which one do you want them to know? Because I put the one that I get to, I put that on my Living Your Soul's Journey website. So if you all want to contact that website, but I want to let everyone know. 
Can you tell everyone? Yeah, it's uh, SED for you. That's S is in sugar, E is in echo, D is in dog, the number four, the letter U is in uniform.com. Okay, good. It stands for Spiritual Energy Dynamics. And all the information, contact information, there's a contact form they can fill out for inquiries and really easy to get in touch with me. And uh, they can also get in touch with my partner, Liz, who does much of this work herself. And she's wonderful. capable of working, yes. working yes. with people. So yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, just me. There's, there's a, a staff here. And like, like you know, there's, there's other people trained that can do some of this work as well. Yes, yes. Well, I'm just um, thrilled that... You wanted to come on the show tonight. I wanted you to come on the show tonight to talk about channeling because I think it's a very, very valuable uh, process that people can gather information. But I love for people to know that discernment. Discernment is something in our lives. And I know you'll agree, Robert, that without it, in relationships, in everything, discernment is valuable. Right. I mean, everything, everything is really about discernment in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, how we make yeah. choices. Yes, yes. And so when you go to do a channeling and you want to go to someone who is channeling, just be discerning. And I mean, that's the, I think the greatest gift we can give everyone this evening is to just be discerning. And when you leave, make sure that your energies are not down and kind of frustrated or upset or something. I've only had that happen once. Uh, where I was upset after a channel and I did, I had to do some clearing um, immediately afterwards. Uh, well, because, sometimes uh, yeah. it can be a physical symptom too. I mean, Vicki, some of the signs of, of an energy field that has some, uh, you know, interference can be a headache or nausea or disorientation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you, if you walk in a building and you get a headache, that's probably the result of some energies that aren't good. You know, there's yes. all kinds of different types, you know, but that's one of the symptoms. If you, if you come out of there and you don't feel so good physically, uh, that's a pretty good set sign that maybe you've uh, contacted something that has, has caused you some energy problems. See, I get somebody that sends channeling information online and many times I won't open it. Sometimes I will and it feels good. And it's very enlightening and it's always good information. But if I get a channeled information that's that uh, when I went someplace over the New Year's and it was all about politics, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not this is not um, this is not coming from a high source, you know, because it was was too biased, very biased and not um, inspirational. So but I just want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Robert, what a gift that you are to people. And I just want to thank you and Liz, because I've worked with both of you and your program, Spiritual Energy Dynamics, is powerful. That's the best word I can say. It's self-empowering. It's self-empowering. You're not getting into a guru situation and and all these kind of situations. You're becoming self-empowered. And I've seen it for myself and I've seen it with people that I love very much. And I've seen the self-empowerment, and it's, it's a, just a thrilling experience. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on to Living Your Soul's Journey this evening. Well, Vicki, thank you. And you know uh, how much I love our conversations. Yeah. Sharing of information and experiences and, you know, the connection that we have. So I'm very, very grateful, and I uh, appreciate the invitation. Well, if anyone out there has a question or a, a 
some thought of what they would like us to talk about next time, let us know because we'll do another show maybe at the end of the summer or something. So I'm very, I'm very discerning on who I have as guests. So I um, would love to have you back again and we'll find another beautiful subject to talk about. So it sounds good. There's plenty to choose from for sure. I know. Well, thank you all. And thank you, Robert Tum with spiritual energy dynamics. And thank you all for listening in. And I just want to say one thing to everyone, be centered in faith and expect the best for yourself and always do lots of energy work until next week. Good night. Thank you for listening in to living your soul's journey. Be sure and visit Vicki in her virtual home at VickiFord.com to learn more about you and how to overcome roadblocks in your path. Until next week, be in gratitude and thank you for tuning in to living your soul's journey.